Dominion Fire 360 is on my churchies. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. It is a pleasure to welcome you to our show, as always, as we're bringing you cool information about the kingdom through cool stories and authors and testimonies and wild stuff that happens all around this amazing kingdom. And today is going to be no exception. I'm super excited for our guest today. Now, my guest today is an author who is from Chicago, Illinois, but from what I understand is currently on a beach in Florida right now. I I might have to be jealous and repent. I don't know about that, but we'll find out. And she is an author to a book called Set Free and Delivered, Strategies and Prayers to Maintain Freedom. Now, she is a uh, prophetess, an author, and a ministry called Dope Chick But Holy Chick in Chicago, Illinois. And before we welcome our guests, let me read a little bit of our press release so you know kind of what to expect, and it reads, Often Christians say the sinner's prayer only to fall back into the sin they were saved from. Others fear the same fate as they struggle to resist old temptations and habits. We blame God as though He didn't save us completely. Whoa, right there. When doubts come to the surface, we feel it's impossible to stay a faithful Christian. In her book, Set Free and Delivered, Sophia Ruffin reveals how the spiritual warfare we experience is not because we are not true Christians. Conversely, we are attacked because we are Christians. Opposition increases as we now pose a threat to the darkness. The enemy understands just how instrumental we are in spreading the gospel and advancing God's kingdom. Ignoring this reality, as Ruffin warns, is like going to war with no intent to fight. Oh, man, it goes on and on, but... Let's hear it directly to welcome to the program, Sophia Ruffin. Sophia, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Okay, I need to hear about the beach. The beach is looking pretty nice right about now. You know, the beach is incredible. The sun is shining, and I'm just looking over and just like, oh, man, as soon as this interview over, I'm going back to the beach. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> ah, very cool. Well, it's awesome to have you here. Thank you again. So before we uh, get into the book itself, would you please tell us a little about you, your background experience, kind of give us a little about you, please? Absolutely. Well, I'm Sophia Ruffin, and one of the things about me is uh, the Lord has delivered me from the spirit of homosexuality and perversion, uh, where I spent over a decade um, in the lifestyle of homosexuality, bound with also uh, fear, anxiety, rage, rejection, and things that I endured, um, overcoming poverty, molestation, and, and all those type of things I've endured in 2003. I gave my life to the Lord, which I actually stumbled across salvation. I went to a service with the intent to just uh, hang out with a friend who was telling me all about Jesus and telling me about this ministry. And so I went out of curiosity. But that day um, I was apprehended by the power that was just greater than me. And the pastor began to minister about the love of Jesus and being born again and accepting Christ as my personal savior and how my sins could be forgiven and that God will remember them no more. And that really um, caught my attention because I was never, I never, you know, was ministered to directly in the sense of hearing about Jesus. I was always told that my sin was going to cause me to go to hell. And for me during that time, uh, I felt like um, it wasn't fair that I would be sent to hell for something that I believed I was born with. I felt strongly that I was born gay. And so I had this bitterness and this anger towards a God that so many people were telling me about was sending me to hell for a sin. I thought that God put upon me. 
And so uh, that, of course, uh, God began to reveal to me about the deception and, and things like that. But to make a long story short, I was pulled to the altar uh, by the presence of God. And I remember on my way to the altar, I was I was talking to God and I said, well, I don't really know you that much, but I'm willing to go to this altar and accept you, but just under one condition, don't embarrass me when I get there. And <laughs> if you're really real, then you'll keep me. And that was a big concern because I've always was uh, taught or told by other people who were in the homosexual lifestyle that one sin you cannot be free from is homosexuality, that there's no cure for that. And so um, I was just curious. And so I went to the altar and the Lord began to minister back to me. I heard the voice of God so strong uh, tell me that he had called me before the foundations of the world, that he had an assignment for my life. And that one day I would impact the kingdom by sharing the truth of how uh, I was born again, accepted Christ as my personal savior and how you can not only be set free, but you can maintain your freedom. And he was going to show me how if I put my trust in him. And so I, I did that. And of course, it was a process, but I did. I went to the altar. I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I felt complete, completely secure in the fact that my sins were forgiven and you know, one of the things was immediately after I left the altar, of course, you know, um, I didn't understand spiritual warfare. I didn't understand that once I accepted Christ that I was going to still have temptation. So it was a lot of follow up and uh, a process that I had to walk through. And during that journey, that's how this book set free and delivered uh, was birthed because I actually had to, you know, uh, walk through the process and these steps on how to maintain my freedom. And so um, that was in 2003. And so here we are, 2018, and I really pretty much have a grip on how to maintain freedom. And everything that God promised me in 2003 has truly come to pass. And I'm just a witness of that. I want to read a quote that is in our press release here, and it says, going to the altar and accepting Christ as your personal savior is bigger than a pretty little fairy tale. You're making a decision to put your flesh to death. The moment you give your life to Christ, all hell breaks loose. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yes, all of, all of hell gets the memo regarding you. Your deliverance will be tried and tested continuously. So in this book, you've mentioned various topics and things. You've uh, put declarations in there. You've put prayers in there. So let's kind of start at the beginning. Let's let basic answer. If someone receives deliverance, why do they often not keep it? Well, a lot of times it's because there's a lack of understanding. Once you go to the altar, you make a confession or you walk through deliverance. Uh, many people believe that when demons leave or they're cast out, that they're not going to attempt to come back. And so I know in Luke 11, 24 through 26, it talks about when evil spirits go out. You know, when it leaves, it goes into a desert searching for rest. And so when it finds none, it says, I'll return to the person I came from. And so the the same way that uh, that demons come out, they're going to attempt to come back in if you're not filled with the spirit of God. And if you don't, you know, um, uh, you know, follow up with the, the word of God, you know, being fed the word of God and putting your trust and confidence in God. So a lot of times you go and you say, OK, I accept Christ and I'm delivered. I'm free not realizing that you have to prepare for a spiritual war. 
that just as is, just as we are in the flesh here, there's a, a invisible realm of darkness that is after us. And so if you don't have those strategies on how to war spiritually, and if you don't have accountability, you're not covered, you don't have someone who's going to follow up with you to assist you in the process, you're going to be bombarded by demonic attacks. And a lot of people, they fall during the process or they go back because it's a real war. I know there were times I felt like, well, wow, I got delivered, but the temptation is stronger now. Wow, I got delivered, but this battle is aggressive. And so the reason why there's temptation and the reason why the battle is more aggressive is because the demons who was residing there, they lost their home and they're looking for a place to stay and they're coming back stronger. And so you have to have uh, wisdom and understanding on spiritual warfare as well. What's really interesting, too, and you mentioned this in the book, is the enemy has tactics that he uses that are tried and true. And there's nothing really new that he does. He keeps doing the same tricks because they still work. And there's like a cycle that you talk about. And I I think a lot of our audience that maybe had received deliverance recently and are trying to get themselves in order, as you're talking about, or maybe even someone that was delivered a long time ago and just has this ongoing battle that they can't seem to tip in their favor. Um, that, that cycle seems to happen about, you know, there's a little bit of bait, you happen to take the bait, and then this whole big thing happens. Could you explain sort of the, the enemy's tactics when uh, he's trying to do this? Specifically, what do you see? Yeah, I see the temptation comes, you know, the enemy comes with temptations, and those temptations are, are aggressive. And I, I look at it as uh, the way I've been able to survive temptation is, it's like a game. The enemy brings you a bait and he, you know, he comes with this temptation and it's a matter of who's going to give into it. Are you going to respond to it by giving into that temptation or are you going to overcome it and have the ability to walk away from it? And a lot of times too, when you do fall, um, and here's my thing is with any other type of sin, whether it's fornication, cursing, smoking, it's, you know, uh, people fall and they make these, you know, they, they, they think, oh, I failed. So it's over. My deliverance is over. But it's about if you if you fall into temptation, get back up, you know, dust yourself off, get before the Lord and you'll build momentum and you'll build strength. And the Lord will give you strategies on how not to fall, how to overcome those temptations and being able to see the temptation when they come, when they come, don't respond to it. So it's strategies that we must take as well as believers um, and not put all of it on God and say, okay, God, remove this temptation or okay, God, you know, deal with this when he's given us the power through the spirit of God to overcome those temptations. When they come, we have to respond to it. Um, And that response, either you're going to give in or you're going to overcome it. And God has given us those strategies and the ability to overcome it. And one of them is um, submit to God resist temptation and and he and the enemy will flee so there has to be a level of submission to god uh to be able to even move towards that step second phase of resisting the devil you know because he's going to come but he god has given you the strategy to overcome it the beautiful part about this whole thing that we have in this covenant that we live under and, and you could speak to this too in, in your opinion as well Two things I want to point out is, number one, we live under a covenant of forgiveness, which is brilliant from, you know, from front to back. So if you get caught up in something, which let's be honest, we all do at some point, the cycle starts and it's here in page 77 of the book. There's a surrender to something. Then there's fall. 
guilt, shame, condemnation, forgiveness, and then back to the surrender thing. Well, you got to remember that what the enemy is going to do is he runs a pattern. And what you want to do is interrupt that pattern. So the moment that something happens, you have to remember that you take the bait. Okay, we all do it at some point. It happens, right? You know, we're not perfect in this yet. We're getting there. But we take bait sometimes. Right away, we fall into that thing where, oh, I can't pray. I can't talk. I can't go to God. I I feel guilt and ashamed. God already knows, number one. (laughs) And number two... There's no, there, A, there's nothing that you have done that he hasn't seen and dealt with already and has the T-shirt to prove it. My thing, and I tell this to like my son when he does something wrong, I say, look, if you do something wrong, just own up to it. Come to me. Tell me what's going on. We'll figure it out and we'll move on with our lives instead of letting it fester. So you got to remember that you're under a covenant of forgiveness, which is brilliant. And number two, you got to break that pattern. You got to interrupt that thing. Otherwise, it's going to keep festering. And as we know, you know, how about your conscience gets seared? You get into one thing, your conscience sears off to that unless you deal with it, then it gets you to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Next thing you know, you know, no one starts off a a raging drug addict on the street shooting up. That's not step one. You have to gradually work into that over time. And that's part of the cycle. Do you agree with that at all? Absolutely. I love the way you stated about being able to break through those cycles. And once you identify what cycle am I in? You know, there were many times where during my process, uh, I failed. I didn't get it right. And there's times, you know, where you're just like, what where did I go wrong? But it is. It's about breaking those cycles, figuring out where, I'm, where am I in this process? Am I feeling condemned? Because the first thing, and I love how you said it as well, is the enemy will try to put shame on you and condemn you and back you into a corner. And that's when you begin to become vulnerable because you feel, wow, I let God down. I disappointed God. But one thing is even you said, you can't disappoint God because he already knows. He knows everything. Um, and it's the love of God that rescue us back, bring us back, pull us into himself. And when we see God as a father, a father is just that. A father is going to be there to protect you, to assist you, to, you know, to pick you back up, to love you, to correct you. And and knowing that God chasing those he loves, you know. And so I believe that when we get get our mentality understanding, I'm in this process. I've accepted Christ as my savior. Um, I'm trying to walk walk out. Um, walk out these processes without, uh, you know, completely abandoning God. And, you know, you just begin to put your trust in him and know that he loves you. He's going to secure you. He's going to rescue you. He's not going to, he's not angry. His love endures. And, you know, with that, that's, that can help you break through these uh, processes of defeat is knowing God is a father. He loves you. And it's his intention to secure you and, you know, to forgive you and to assist you in your process. What's interesting, too, and now this is a little controversial, but, you know, that's kind of what I'm known for. But I'll throw this out to anybody. Just maybe this could help someone somewhere. You know, it's like my again with my son. If he does something wrong, I say, look, you do something wrong. Come tell me what the deal is and say, Dad, I accept the consequences, whatever it is. And usually because he's honest and upfront with me, it's pretty mild. You know, nothing really major happens. I'd prefer him come talk to me, right? You know, Mm -hmm. if you do something wrong, you commit a sin, you know, start your praying and say, God, they say judgment is coming. I'd like to request. I would like judgment right now for this. I apologize. Let's just let's just get this on with right now. Judge me, please, right now. And the beautiful part is because you have Jesus as your advocate. It may it may go a little better than you think. So what I'm trying to tell you is if you do something wrong and you realize it and, you know, you catch the cycle, get it over. Pull the splinter out right away. Don't let the infection fester. 
because <laughs> then it gets a big mess and then more stuff is needed. Just get pull the splinter out and get it healed is all I could tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Totally. <laughs> so as you were writing this book, what sort of challenges arose? I mean, we're talking a 15 year period, as you've said earlier. So how long did the book process it take from the time you started typing? And um, what challenges did you have and what were you under attack while you were writing this? Because I'm sure the enemy wanted to stop this. What, what happened? Well, the amazing thing is I actually wrote the manuscript and had it completed in nine days. Um, that, was, that was such a, a burning desire to see many people set free. And I believe because I walked out the process and continue to walk out the process is that my desire was to get this complete and get it in the hands of many people because I see the enemy so many times cause people to be discouraged. People give up. Uh, they fall back into not only sin and then they walk away believing that God didn't set them free. And so, you know, I, I really felt that the Holy Spirit made me a pen of a ready writer to complete this project. Now, also, um, there were a few times while writing where the enemy was would, would try to attack me and say, well, you know, people are not going to believe that you can stay free. It's impossible to stay free. And you know, those type of mental things. But I just continue to just uh, confess the word, believe that this was something that the Lord wanted to put in the hands of, people, of many believers, not even new. You know, when I wrote this, it wasn't even for uh, babes in Christ, um, but it was also for those that are mature to know that, you know, we all struggle, fall short of the glory of God. And, you know, there are times we, we fall and I believe that people need to know that you can get back up and, and you can remain free. So that was really an anointing uh, to complete this book and complete it fast. What I like in the book as I'm uh, browsing through it right now is that you have tactics that you tell people about. And there's some very powerful ones. A lot of the usual stuff like fasting and prayer and worship and praise. And recently I've been sort of looking into the topic of praise because if you really go through your Bible and look, when people praised, usually something really big and crazy happened immediately after it. And it's interesting how praise sort of sets that the stage, if you will, for God to be there with you because it's a compatible environment for him to be in. You know what I mean? If that makes yes. sense to everyone. But um, as you're going through this book, what are you finding is the most effective tactics? If So let's say someone receives deliverance and they're getting hammered by the enemy and, and all that. Um, which of these techniques should they use? All of them? What, what do you suggest? Is it the person? Is it the moment? What, what do you think works best? Um, I do like the fact that you said praise uh, because praise is a powerful weapon. You know, God inhabits the praises of his people. And so being able to praise God, it do it sets up opportunities for the spirit of God to come in and to move on your behalf and to defeat your enemies that that are that are bigger than you. And so one of them, one of them that I do love is the ability to release praise um, fasting. It just, you know, can break strongholds. Um, and I believe that fasting is more so for those who are who are mature spiritually and, and have, you know, walked with God to understand the power of fasting. But um, I would say praise is, is definitely an amazing weapon to use um, to be able to overthrow the enemy. So with this book, it's pretty in-depth on a lot of topics and you touch on a lot of these things. But at the end of the day, a lot of this is simple. 
that you're going to become Christian. You're going to have some stuff to deal with. It's just part of the package. It's better that you just deal with it, get it done with, and get that, get that ammunition out of the enemy's weapon. And when the, the, the big hits start coming, it's just being aware. It's sort of like watching a magic show. Once you know how the trick is done, it's not magic anymore. You just know how the thing runs. And it's a matter of studying those attacks to see, just in, instead of getting yourself all wound up, step back, observe, see what's happening, and watch how the mechanism works. Now, you mention in your book that there's one of these techniques and mechanisms are declarations. Now, it's true that, you know, speaking brings about a lot of powerful stuff. So why should people do declarations as opposed to maybe just like a prayer or a worship? What's the power in declarations? Uh, there's power in declaration. Like even the word of God is a weapon and having a good foundation on the word of God. If I, I would say, even if you don't know, you know, a whole bunch of scripture, that's fine. You know, but know something in the word of God to use against the enemy. One thing the enemy recognized, he recognized and responded to the word of God. And so there were times when I would pray and I would pray out of my flesh. And when I say that, I will pray what I think I'm supposed to pray. Um, and I'll do a lot of talking about the situation of what's going on. So sometimes when we pray, we're we're like, OK, I got to pray. But we're talking about the situation of what's going on and we're bringing it to God and we're explaining our case to God and we're talking about it. But the enemy responds to the word of God in those declarations and making those decrees and, and, and beginning to declare that there's power in the name of Jesus and using your authority. And the more word, you know, or, or even your confidence and your faith in a few scripture, you, you quote those words to the enemy, he's going to have to respond to that. And so uh, that's why it was important for me to put declarations down and put those prayers down is because the enemy responds to the word of God. And so I look and I, I, I definitely love uh, Luke 4. I love how Jesus responded to temptation. I love how he used the word of God against the enemy and made declarations and walked boldly. And so the word of God and having faith and, and that's another one I wanted to add, having faith in God and believing that he is God. And if he sets you free, then you are free. You have to have faith in that and be secured in that so that you can use that against the enemy. And so declarations are powerful. They are a powerful tool uh, to, you know, find you a couple of scriptures and, and, and study those, recite them to use against the enemy. And you'll see him back into a corner and respond. Very powerful stuff. Now, one more section let's cover in the book here is uh, from Ephesians, where it says to put on the armor of God. Now, I just want to note something here. There's no scripture that ever says to take it off. So once you put it on, <laughs> you're on. And what that means is kind of tying in with our message here is that once you're in this fight, you're in this fight. You need to get in the game here and stay in the game. What was the revelation that you got through this book concerning the armor of God? Why is that so important in this particular situation? Well, because uh, I like it, the fact that I love how you just put it, put it on and you, can, don't, you can't take it off and don't talk about taking it off, is that we're secured. You know, we are secured that God has given us the ability to dress and to put on these uh, garments. And I tell people, put them on like as a necessity, as a necessity, like you need to put your clothes on before you go outside. It, it's so natural. And the simplicity of it is, you know, you need to cover up before you go out your door. 
So, you know, the fact that God has left us with an armor to put on and to have this armor on and to be secure, to know that we're protected. I just absolutely love it. And each piece represents a covering uh, that God has given us to overcome the enemy. And so I believe that when I got that, that revelation of, wow, God is so strategic that he didn't just, he knew that we were going to go through battles. He knew that there was going to be spiritual warfare. He knew that after we confessed and gave our life to Jesus Christ, he also stood in and said, I got you covered. I'm going to protect you. I'm not only giving you the Holy Spirit, but I'm also giving you the garments to protect you against the enemy, the wiles of the devil. And so when I found that out, like, wow, I'm, I'm dressed, I'm covered. And one of the, my favorite is you need the shield of faith because in order to put on the rest of the garments, in order to be secure, that God have you covered, you have to have that faith believing, believing without a shadow of a doubt that I'm covered and that faith will boomerang all demonic attacks. And so um, I, I just think that that was just so so awesome. And, you know, to those that are listening, you know, some, if, like I'm the type of person, I'm very visual and I need things to be real for me. And sometimes when it comes to the supernatural and it comes to spiritual things, um, we take it as, okay, yeah, I'm going to put this on. Sure. But I literally have to physically say to myself, okay, right now, Sophia, you need to put on the shield of faith. You need to get dressed for this battle before you go out, before you begin your day. And so I just think that that's just powerful. Without a doubt, this is and it's such an amazing topic. And I, I just want to jump back for a second. We were talking about praise and the atmosphere around someone that it sets. You know, Paul ended up in a prison, and a um, little bit of praise knocked that prison right out. So what that really means is that a lot of these sins that we're talking about are almost like these prisons that you get stuck in. And some of these tools, for instance, the praise, will crumble that thing down and you have to make the decision to step out and get your freedom out of it. And then once you get it, you got to jealously keep that freedom because there's that old saying, freedom isn't free. It's going to cost you something. This whole thing is yes. going to cost you something. And so once you settle that in your head that that's how it's going to be, I think you're in a better place. It's even when uh, people say, well, I'm worried about doing this or that. What if I hear the words of the enemy? I got news for you. You're hearing the words of the enemy now. <laughs> Once you identify it, know what to look for, filter it out, then you can move on with what you need to do here. So settle that in your head that this is going to happen. This is how it's going to be. You know, you, you, you weren't promised easy. You were promised possible. So it's part of the package is what I'm saying. So um, as I'm reading here on your uh, on your information that you do also some conference speaking. Uh, do you have some other books? Uh, you do other ministry work. Can you tell us a little, little bit about just ministry life for you in general? Yeah, I actually have um, four other books. Um, I wrote my first book last year. It's called Point Guard to Profit, which is my personal testimony, uh, more so about um, overcoming homosexuality. Uh, it's actually a basketball player that tried out for the WNBA when God called me um, and told me that he had called me to be a prophet and that he, and this was way before I had any understanding about the prophetic and about God in general. And so um, I have that, I have a book called after the altar and that's just a, a mini series on, you know, how to survive after you give your life to God. It's a very, very, just a very small book. And I have a book called shame, another small book. And it talks about, how to overcome shame after you fall into sin, how to overcome that shame, how to, you know, be transparent with your testimony and your victories. And then a book called Feminine Progression, 
which uh, when I was in the homosexual lifestyle, I lost my identity. I was extremely masculine and was borderline from uh, wanting to have a surgery to become transgendered. And so I talk about how God um, gave me my feminine identity back and introduced me to womanhood and restored my identity by giving me beauty for ashes. And so I have those books. And as far as ministry, um, this, uh, well, last year in 2017, ministry took off and um, my itinerary just kind of got extremely busy where the Lord has opened up doors um, for me to travel. So I travel all around uh, preaching and sharing my testimony and speaking a message of deliverance. And so uh, it's been phenomenal. Let's demonstrate a little bit of uh, some fighting and some warfare. Now, you mentioned being a a prophetess and having some prophetic uh, anointing with you as well. Uh, For our audience, we have people all around the world that listen to this, all different cultures and ages, a little bit of everything. Um, Would you please maybe say a prayer slash prophetic word for our people listening to maybe lead them towards this freedom or keeping their freedom or finally tipping the scale to where they can defeat this. Would you like to do a little prayer for us? Absolutely. Uh, Father, I thank you for the audience. I thank you for those that are listening. I even bless you for this opportunity to be a part of this, share your message of freedom and deliverance. I thank you that your word declares in John 8, 36, who the son sets free is free indeed. So Father, I thank you for freedom, that you have released freedom to those who are bound in sin. And Lord, I pray that even those right now that are listening, that are struggling in their sin, struggling in sin and struggling to uh, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy, that Lord, this, this video, this message would just stir them and, and, and lead them to believe that you love them and that you declare uh, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, I thank you that deliverance is, is coming to your people even now. I thank you, Lord, for freedom and, and that you're going into the prison doors and you're setting captives free, those who are bound in sin and iniquity, even those who um, have fallen and, and, and in a state of shame and condemnation, Lord, that your love will reach them right where they are and that you You are the same God with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You are the same God that spoke to Lazarus and declared, arise. Father, I thank you that you will speak to people even right now that are bound and feel that they've fallen and they can't get up and they're in a state of devastation. Father, that the same power that sets them free will be the same power that can keep them free. So I release the power of your glory upon those now that are listening, that even now the enemy and his plans, his plots and his tricks are being overthrown. And I pray, Father, that even as you delivered the children of Israel out of bondage, you brought them out of captivity, you broke down every demonic system that hindered them from serving you and from worshiping you. I pray, God, that you would even raise up some Moses, some Moses, some deliverers, those who are coming out of demonic systems, uh, that you will give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and you will send them back into those same uh, uh, bondages and declare freedom to those that are still bound and that you would use them to be deliverers and father even as you perform miracles for the children of israel you declare that the enemy they see today they will see no more i pray supernaturally that enemies that have tormented us 
in our past will not torment us in our future because you are the God that can open up the sea and cause our enemies to drown. And I just prophesy that the same enemy that I've been chasing your people down, the horse, the riders and demonic principalities that are chasing your people down, that they will fall and that they will drown in the sea and your people will not see those enemies again. I just declare that now in Jesus name. And I just prophesy that many people that have been in captivity and many people who are grew up in bondage and have been in bondage for years, that you will be a Moses. You will be the one that will go back into the enemy's camp and declare freedom to those that are in captivity. One of the things that, that I just sense right now is that there are people who come out of lifestyles and come out of hard situations and, 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 and have defeated the enemy and you have not went back to proclaim captivity and freedom to those, you know, freedom to those who are still bound. The Lord is going to anoint you and send you back that you will be one that will go back and declare freedom so that many people can be free from their chains and free from their bondages and they can be all that God have ordained them to be. And I just declared that. And I declare that the enemy you see today, you, the day is coming where you will see it no more in Jesus' name. Ah, amen to that one. I'm going to throw one in too. Right now, in Jesus' name, every evil spirit that is afflicting anyone listening in our audience, I release the blood of Jesus on you to suffer torment right now for affecting God's anointed. Right now, yes. I bind up every evil spirit afflicting anyone out there and put this into a ceasefire state. And listeners, if that's you right now, I command that thing to back off your life. And here's your opportunity to kick that thing out once and for all, get rid of it, destroy it, bury him under and get your life back in order. I release that power to you right now. Blessing, power, blood, everything in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Oh, okay. Got to take a breath here. <laughs> that was phenomenal. <laughs> Sophia, if people would like to contact you, uh, do you have a website, Facebook, email? Where can people find more about your information, books, etc.? Absolutely. I have a website. You can go to sophiaruffin.com uh, to get any of my books. Um, it's on the website and to check out my itinerary and see when I'll be in a city near you. So you can go to SophiaRuffin.com. Also on all my social media outlets, I'm on Facebook, Periscope, Instagram, and Twitter. And my name is Sophia Ruffin on all of my social media outlets as well. Well, Sophia, it has been wonderful to meet you, to talk with you, to share some time with you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I, I just, I release all kind of heaven over your book that everything is super successful and the message gets out. And I thank you for your time today. And uh, you enjoy that beach over there, all right? <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. 